0: Okay, welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm Swan, one of the Chihuahua Bats. The other Chihuahua Bat, who I call my partner in crime, Mala, is actually at the gallery today. Um, We are both retired educators, and when Mala retired, she took up her passion for painting, and she's an excellent artist, and she exhibits at uh, the gallery in Wimberley. So if you're ever in Wimberley and you want to look her up, uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, but she'll join me next week. Uh, we have just returned from Big Ben and we've got some real wild and crazy uh, Big Ben stories to share with you. Uh, my passion when I retired was to advocate for educators still in the classroom. I kind of wanted to be a voice for them because often when you're tied to a district, you know, you need to be professional and uh, can't always say exactly what you would like to say, so I'll say it. That's what I say now. And my other passion uh, is writing. And if anyone had ever told me after years of writing lesson plans, I'd be a writer, I'd say nah. But uh, but I enjoy writing. And uh, I actually, when I retired in 2018, I wrote a book called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. And this book highlights a five-year period of my educational journey. Where if anyone had ever told me that I would be standing in this situation, I honestly would have said no. I would not have believed them. I would have said it, it doesn't exist. But it did. Just a snapshot, I was literally in a cinder block warehouse, and that was it. And I had my desk and my student's desk and my students, and that was it. And uh, I also uh, shared it with the theater teacher, no walls. And we also had a clinic in there, if you will. Of course, this is way before HIPAA. So anyway, interesting to say the least. But I always tell people, if, if you find yourself in a horrible situation, a very challenging situation, um, you ought to read my book. You're going to feel a little bit better about what you're going through. But anyway... Uh, when you find yourself in, you know, a challenging situation, you always have a choice. You can just, you know, you can quit. You can, uh, in education, you can go to the lounge and and gripe or or bitch, as they say nowadays, or you can step up and and be part of the solution, and I'm glad I did. So, memoir of a chihuahua bat, you can find it uh, at Amazon, or you can go to my webpage, chihuahua bat.com, and you can also um, get it there. So, Today, uh, I'm back on my series where I get to talk to educators about their journey and and what led them into teaching, and and one of the cool things is I get to connect with former colleagues, and so today, my guest, Jean, she and I um, met in 1999-2000, but uh, we're going to start at the beginning, so I want to say, first of all, welcome. Thank you. And tell me or talk a little bit about, you know, what led you into teaching in the first place? Why in the heck?
1: (laughs) Well, I was one of those that had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. Okay. Um, Always growing up, I have four brothers and growing up, I was always told, oh, you're just going to get married and have a family and get supported. And Whatever. Well, that and, was the narrative back then. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was the narrative in, yeah. the, in the 60s. Yeah. And so um, I, I I was born in New York. We lived in California for a little bit. Then we moved back to New York. And then my last year in college, my parents moved back to California, and that's where they stayed. Okay. So, um, you know, having four having four brothers and being the only girl everything was very strict so when I went to college I just college was just an experience I mean (laughs) it was my first time of freedom so I did not do very well in school and I had no real major at all and so it was just I just kind of struggled because I didn't think past the next day next day at all and then it so then I Couple professors were like, "Well, just do this," do, you know. So I got into the. I played athletics um, in high school. The last for two and a half years, my um, the coach convinced my mom and dad to let me play athletics because I wasn't interested in that at all. I mean, I played in the street with four brothers, the brothers in the neighborhood. But when right. I got into high school, it was, it was my, I think the middle of my sophomore year when the coach convinced mm-hmm. me. So. That's how I got into athletics. So then I just said, okay, fine. I'll just do the PE and we'll figure it out after.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, but you know, for anybody that's getting ready to get into education, don't ever get frustrated because right. I had no plan for anything and I did not plan for anything. And then all of a sudden things popped up. So all my friends went to the job fair. Hmm. I didn't go to any job fair. Yeah, I was, you know, I was too heck? busy, whatever. And so they all got – a bunch of them got jobs in Houston, Texas. Okay. And I had nothing. And <laughs> so I went to the, uh, the the admissions office or wherever, and I just pulled out the little book of all the districts in the country, and I just opened a page, and I sent a very limited 2.0 GPA hey. resume to one district in every state.
0: Okay. I just
1: Put my finger, and I said, okay, there we go, and I sent it out. So that was my, um, let's see if I can find a job. So I was going to move to California and work at the bank with my mom until I could figure out or find a job in California. And um, so my father was flying Uh to New York to drive me to California. Okay. So that Friday I received a phone call from Southwest High School In San Antonio. Yeah. And now, and you have to understand, in New York, you have to be employed at the school to be a coach. Okay. In Texas, you do not. Cool. So now why, and my whole career has always been this, why I have a Uh 2.0, I did not play college anything because I hurt my knee my senior year in high school, so I couldn't play anything. Right. And... They called me up to offer me the head volleyball job at Southwest High School. Now, after I got down here, I, coaching in Texas is so huge that but, you, if you're offered a head job, that's impossible. You take it. <laughs> well, I, I will not Well, the thing is, is I'm under the impression that's I'm not moving to Texas just for a volleyball job. And right. after about 20 minutes, I said, I, I I can't just move. He goes, we're we'll find you a teaching job. Oh, okay, then that's fine. Okay, then, yeah, so I'll come. <laughs> so, so my father flew in two days later and um, drove and back? so we drove, but we drove via. Now, if you look at a map, oh. Florida is not on the way to Texas, not at all, girl. <laughs> we went, my brother lived in Florida. Oh, okay, in Tallahassee.
0: okay. So, my
1: brother, my father said, Oh, let's just say hi to your brother, <laughs> okay, dad. Well, we get, we get there and yeah. My brother decides to uh surprise us that he was gonna get married the next day.
0: Oh good lord.
1: It was like, oh, or in two days or whatever. It had to have been two days. Yeah. So my father's so my mom is my parents lived in Huntington Beach. My little brother is a seventh grader and he's playing um baseball on those elite teams. And he's he's in Nevada somewhere with, with that group. My mother's up in Sacramento taking care of one of my brother's kids, because his wife was having a baby. So she was babysitting oh, the younger one. Yes, yes. So my father drew, drove from Sacramento over after he dropped my mom off. And so um, my dad likes to drive. <laughs> my, <laughs> he, like my husband, yes. Yeah. We drove. When Growing up, we drove back and forth across the country all the time. Oh, the no. upper route, the middle route, the lower Didn't route. Didn't matter. Through Canada. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, We get to Florida, and so we go. We say, "Okay, we got to, you know, do this." So that the other brother is in Pensacola; he's training to be a naval officer. Oh, right. So at least he was close. So we call up. My mother wasn't very happy, (laughs) but she flew to Florida for uh, the wedding. For the wedding that was in the living room. Um, My older brother drove in from Pensacola. my little brother doesn't even know because back then there's no cell phones no, or anything. No. So he doesn't know anything of this happening. <laughs> so, um, and then the brother who's having the, the, the baby didn't come, no. but so we, um, so, we have this wedding. Well, what has happened now is I had to call Southwest and say, I'm going to be late. I have a flat tire. You know, right. <laughs> can't tell the truth. but No. So, I get <laughs> I get to Texas eventually. And there's more to that story, but I'm not even going to go through that. But we get to Texas. Okay. And I put, because I remember it was a Sunday, South Park Mall. Yes. And I, at La Quinta. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um. So, to this day, since I can get lost in a paper bag, I don't know how I found the airport to put my parents and my new sister-in-law, because my, my brother was going, we're going to move to California, but I'm going to send her first. You? So, but, oh, my gosh. So, I put them all on a plane, and how I got back to the hotel, I don't know. Well, then... Yeah, there was no Google back then. There was no Google, <laughs> and I get lost in a paper sack me with too. Google. Yeah, me too. So... So um, I spent that weekend crying. I went to the movie theater, Aww. you know, one of those movie theaters, yes. and I just went from one to movie the other. To like the other. a huh Oh
0: my god! So
1: then Monday comes, and I call Southwest, and they said, "Well, we didn't think you were coming, so we opened up the job again." So oh dear! I was like, "Oh, oh no. no!" Now um, South Park Mall or the La Quinta was is by Lackland, and they were having a big ser- they were having big something. Yeah. So I lost my my room. Um, at the the hotel, so I had to go find another 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 place. Well, it was kind of funny. All right, so it's a blue Monte Carlo that I have with New York plates, and I'm looking around, and I drive over a huge curb, and these worker guys just cracked up. They were just laughing at the... The dumb Yankee. <laughs> oh my God, thanks a lot. <laughs> and I have a bed on the roof. Okay, the bed, and the bed never gets stolen. That's what always cracked That's me. Amazing. It's tied to the roof, and uh, that stolen. side of town isn't real good. The best. So, <laughs> so they pick the car up and
0: yeah, you know, put it down. Not I get into the
1: girl. I get into the room, and I don't take any clothes off or anything. It was you. You want to talk about Roach Motel? Gotcha. Off gotcha. of Highway Ninety.
0: Gotcha.
1: So anyway, um, I also don't pack well. Okay. And um, and to get my sister-in-law in, my brother just took stuff out. So I have no idea what I've left in Florida that he was going to send to me once oh I got no. settled. Well, so I have to get, I go for the interview, mm-hmm. and I just pull out whatever clothes I could. <laughs> oh, no. So I was totally wrinkled. I mean, Yeah. okay, so you're... You're, they got to know that. You're a Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> and you show up to an interview totally wrinkled. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the in the waiting room, and all these people are talking, and I'm like, I don't stand a chance. I have no experience. I never coached. I didn't play college ball. I played high school stuff. right? And volleyball is pretty big. Um, it's big in Texas. In, in Texas. It is. And so, you know, I go through the interview, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so some friends – we're going down to Georgia and they were having a big job fair for teachers in in Georgia. And they said, well, why don't you come? Well, I'll just Mm -hmm. stay in the same place. We'll get a job. All right. Why not? I'll do that. So I call up, I call up Southwest and I said, well, I'll make the, make it Mm -hmm. easier for you. And they said, no, just come on in. We want to talk to you. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go to Georgia. I already told my parents, I'm turning around I'm I'm going back. (laughs) You know, they were patient with me. Yeah. So, so again, you know, I had no aspirations of what I wanted to do, right? But yet, all these obstacles were in my way.
0: Yeah.
1: Because of me, not because of anybody else. Right. Because of my I lack to. of uh, plan planning. <laughs> Still living on the edge. <laughs> and so I get there, and the principal goes, "We we want to hire you. Let's let's drive down to the so the their central office is at the end of the road. Now okay. Southwest is much bigger now than now, planned, but back it, then it, it was wasn't. not. Yes. And so. People told me a year later that they laughed so hard because here's the principal getting in my car and the bed's tied to the roof (laughs) and all the junk is in the car and we're driving down. So you can see the gym, so to speak. So so I signed the contract and so I got the head volleyball job at Southwest High School and the teaching was... One class was um, what now is IPC. I got it. One class was adapted PE. Got it. One class was something like I didn't have. I just it was just like a menagerie of. They had all these leftover courses. Mm-hmm. Let's give it to Jim. Yep. That's exactly right. what. That and then was. you have the athletic periods. And, right. Right. And so I assisted in basketball and I was the head coach. Cool. And um, Southwest at that time played all the teams. Mm-hmm. They were down mm-hmm. south: Laredo, Carrizo, Del Rio, Del Rio um, right. Crystal, just Crystal City. Yeah, um, got it. So they, I never got home before midnight because you wouldn't. Have. You you drive, the you distance. coach, you drive back. Yeah, and um, so the, I learned South Texas quite a bit. I bet you did. So then um, the um, so I I was there for two years. Yeah. And the head coach he got fired and. Um. So they they dismissed everybody. Well, they said, well, we'll find you another job, but you're not going to be a coach anymore. Okay. And so I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? do." So I just happened to go into the teacher's lounge. Oh, no, you know what I did? I sent resumes to um, Northside and and Northeast Mm -hmm. and San Antonio. Heard nothing from Northeast. Mm -hmm. And what I told them was, I'll get whatever degree you need. I'll just 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 yeah. I'll I'll go to school. Blah blah blah. So, San Antonio district had said, um, "Well, we have this ED job at Edison High School. I don't don't know what ED is, but it just so happened on the on the uh, (laughs) on the wall at uh, in the teachers' lounge, Our Lady of the Lake had this this ED (laughs) program. program. Okay, well, no problem. I, I can do it. I just had to get. Fifteen hours in in that summer, whatever. Yeah. Now, another thing is, in the, the, the secretary from Southwest called her friend in San Antonio District and said, we've got this really great lady. We want you to interview her. I think you'll like her. So I went to the interview, and I didn't realize I was that bad, but the guy called the secretary and said, are you sure? <laughs> so my interview was really, really bad. So I no don't, I don't interview. I don't like to interview. Yeah. I don't blame you. So, but I was like, how it's bad was it? Yeah. Yeah. So they sent me over to Edison to meet the prince after she talked to him. Say, said, no, 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 trust, trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. So send over to the principal at, at, uh, yeah, at the Edison and they said, just let him talk. He's a talker, and oh, he dear. did, so I just shook my head a whole lot. <laughs>
0: That's a good interview.
1: <laughs> and he said, right, so I didn't screw up. I didn't Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. So um, he said the teacher that was in the ED classroom wanted to go into the homemaking classroom. if, uh, and, and you played soccer in New York, and this is when soccer just came to Texas, uh-huh. or at least South Texas. Right, right. And we need a soccer coach. Okay. And so... Um, but you need to be certified. and You have to have your 15 hours. Now, 15 hours in the summer is, a summer is a lot. It is. Well, it just so happened they had this new program, the brand new program at Our Lady of the Lake. Um, it was intensive three-week. I did one of those. So you got six hours, three weeks, You got six, and then you yeah. did your internship. Yes. So I was able to. really nearly killed me, but I did It right, <laughs> Well, and then I knew nothing about anything.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: It was and it so E D yeah. is emotionally disturbed and then it's autism and it, it's the yeah. whole spectrum. spectrum yeah, anybody. Learning disabled know. and all that. But that was the course. And so they wanted to try to make it a master's program. Now remember, mm-hmm. I have a two point oh gotcha. in PE. Gotcha. <laughs> but it didn't matter back then. Well it did. They weren't gonna let me in. They mm-hmm. were they really? were like they were like, um, yeah. well, we'll let you try these three hours.
0: Well, I, yeah, that's their month. That's what they do. Right. And I
1: said, well, no, I, I need 15 so I can go. I'll go to Incarnate Word. I'll go to UTC. And so I found the different, the different program. They said, let's just try the first three, three hours, six hours or what? I think it was six hours because they it, it yeah. put it together. So I, I aced both of them. Yeah. And I turned out to actually love the program. So they, yeah. so then they allowed me to finish the other nine mm-hmm. And I got my degree, so then I call up. Now I have no idea what you're teaching in ED. No. Okay. Back then you wouldn't have. now you know. <laughs> well, now, well, but it's it's also different now. So yeah. I I got um uh-huh. I got a hold. Of, well, and the secretary, her she just was just be patient. He'll he'll call you he'll call you, so like the day before volleyball. So I was going to assist in volleyball and be head soccer. So the day before wow. volleyball started, he called and offered me the job. So I was able before. to yeah. And so like Northside only had an English program, but they were like we're not well we're not interested and all that. So this was my literally my only choice. my only choice. So okay. so we saw so a coach because. You start like a month beforehand you and do the game start and all that. Yeah. And um, so the athletic director um, says, okay, well, we need to see your schedule. Well, I don't know my schedule. I'll go up to the, the <laughs> curriculum AP. Okay. So I go up there. And so that. he he puts down an English, he, an English teacher manual. Okay, I can do that. Then he puts a math one down and then a oh science God. one down. I was self-contained, emotionally disturbed high school kids.
0: Oh my! And I
1: taught God. all the, the subjects,
0: subjects. You did back then.
1: You uh-huh. did. And wow. so I had a full schedule plus the coaching. But you know, I'm I'm what 24 at that time. I was like, oh, I can do this. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. And plus, I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to make it a master's. And because I did so well, I had I had 4.0 on the 15 hours. That, that um, they gave me like a scholarship or a grant. So they paid for that first master's because it was a brand new program and they're trying to get people in. Sure. So I finished that in a year and a half. That's good. And coaching and learning what I was doing. You didn't sleep. (laughs) No, there was no sleep. Back then that you didn't sleep. I don't know. You know, at 24, you don't sleep. I don't know. Just go, go, go. So um, in that, okay. So um, I'm living the dream. Yes, you are. And in that, uh, you you run into like the school psychologist and, yes. and all that and yes. they all turned out to be my good friends that i was skiing with in fact right. i bought her father's condo oh, cool. well they said you know what you probably would be a good school psychologist ah. and i said okay you know again i don't think past today or tomorrow right people go i think you would I'm and i'm like, and I'm like Okay. okay, I'll try. I'm like, give it to Mikey. <laughs> so I go back to Our Lady the Lake. And this time it wasn't as hard. I didn't have to convince them that I'm a good <laughs> that, student. That I'm a good student. Oh, and, gosh. um, so I went back and so I finished the first degree. I yeah. started it in 83 that, okay. that summer and finished December of 84. Oh, and then this next one. So, so I, I, Taught and coached this in about nine years. Okay. So, this next one, so at the end of that nine years, I got the. So, I started out with the educational diagnostician job. Mm-hmm. And I got, um, so, in San Antonio, you were diagnostician slash supervisor. Right. So, I got the um, component for administration, and it was only. I see. Yes. You, you just tack, tacked on a little 12 more hours gotcha. or whatever. Yeah. That was because of all the stuff I had. Right. So. Yeah, you already had half of it. Right. And so I continued on with the school psychology part, okay. And I then um, took the job as a diagnostician supervisor right. in San Antonio district. Good board. So boy, did I learn the city, and I had a, and I I had bet. a good time with that, but yeah, I really got bored T- testing kids, yeah, one on one and sitting, yeah. And I I was That's like, different. I this is not for me. Maybe the school psychology part. Well, I would have had to take a year off to finish the, that... The, you were going for a PhD. Because I was going to go for a PhD.
0: Yeah.
1: And I I just was like, ah, I don't know. This is... Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm, I really want to do this. So this is the first time I say I don't know if I really want to do this. this is, I had no problem. Well, one of the schools, the Roger Middle School, is uh-huh. one of the schools I supervised and tested. And then the principal said, hey, why don't you be an administrator? I think you'd be a good administrator. Wow, so okay. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Um, and and that was hard to become an administrator anywhere at that time. Okay. And um, even though she wanted me, Uh they weren't doing any openings or whatever. And you had to go through hoops and I went through all the hoops and and again, no cell phones. So I'm driving to California that summer and I would stop at every payphone and call my house to see if they left a message. Oh, right, right. So that first year, nothing came out. Okay. And so the second year, Roger's, middle school grew big enough where they opened up a position and so i i interviewed but again i didn't really have to interview because everybody was wanting me yeah and so i got that job
0: that's a nice position to be in
1: so yeah so then so you're an assistant principal so i'm assistant principal at rogers middle school it feeds into highlands high school so it's the the pride of the you know far east side and it's like a little town they have you march every year. School starts and all oh, this stuff. Gosh. So it was—it was kind of a cute little. Um, I taught her to school like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I got. And it's that. in a big city, but yet they—they're yes. very homey over there. Yes. So then, um, so it so going back to the Edison piece, right. I met this lady whose husband then became principal of Eisenhower Middle School, which is northeast. northeast. And when we went scuba diving, we started talking and comparing middle school story. And, right, and that was my only time at middle school. Everything has been high school. High school, yeah. And um, and it was kind of boring because we got the kids so under under wraps that it was easy. <laughs> it was like, oh my god! I mean, I almost create problems just to have to do something. And um, so
0: um,
1: so then he gets the job at Reg, high school, Reagan
0: high school when it, when it opened. And he said,
1: would you like to interview? And I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy here. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I, I was a little bored, but not, not anything was terrible. Uh-huh. Well, then things in San Antonio changed, changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so like, so he asked me in that summer, so when school started in September, I said, is that position still open? He said, no, we've hired everybody. Okay. So he thought. Well, <laughs> so what happened in October, the numbers went out the roof, the roof, and Good. so they opened another position, yeah. which I interviewed for, and I was offered the job. Well, San Antonio didn't want to let me out, and I was mm, like, eh, that's yeah, not right. They right. you. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But so they they made me stay till the end of December okay. and then January 2000 is when I started at Reagan. Wow! And then um, just absolutely loved it. You know, opening a new school. No, I didn't have the hard part. Like they all did, like ordering chairs and pencils. No, and oh I my god! I, yeah, I had the absolute fun part. Everything was in place. <laughs> did, well, yeah, you <laughs> got there in January. And you there. walked. I walked. I walked <laughs> in into the best. Yeah, the best uh, situation, and all the teachers are happy. True, kids are all. It's it's a it's it's a wonderful population, right? Oh my gosh, everybody is you know. But still, when you look at inner city kids Mm -hmm. and kids that have a little bit more money, Mm -hmm. they still have the same problems. Oh yeah, they still get depressed, no matter what clothes
0: they wear. You know. Mm
1: they're still stealing involved. The inner city kids steal the car down the street. Yeah. The richer kid steals the stepmom and dad's (laughs) car and puts it in the swimming pool, you know, of
0: course. And,
1: um, which is a true story. Yeah. And so, so, so you're not dealing with anything different. No, you're just, you're just, everybody's got the same issues. So we're all the same. Right. So then, then Reagan. So the Northeast does this shuffling. So they shuffled APs, and yeah. So they
0: moved you. They moved a couple that was of very us. Very
1: sad. And so then I went to Churchill. Right. And then Churchill's a another great Northeast school. Right. Which kind of has the you have Section Eight kids with CEO kids, CEO parent kids. Right. Sitting in the same classroom getting along. And that experience was just phenomenal that you right. just saw kids right, just being kids and just having Which a, is the way it should be. Should be right. Yeah. And yeah. so so I ended my career at Churchill and absolutely loved it. Loved it. So yeah. So most of, so none of no choice was my choice. It was somebody seeing something right. in me and saying, like, "Hey, do this." Cool. So that's what yeah. I mean. Don't ever give up and don't get frustrated. No. And you know, especially when they say, "Oh, she didn't
0: interview well." Right. You know, right. But your so, grades aren't good enough. Right. Or whatever. right. So, don't let that. Right. Yeah, um, don't let that ever stop. You yeah. Know? Well, interestingly, every single educator I've talked to has a very similar story. Um, and I only talk to good ones, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> None of them, even including myself, had planned plan to go into teaching, which I think is awesome. And I kind of like it because it's like you kind of go in without a a preset, you know what I mean, and kind of do what what you want to do. Is there anyone along the way that was sort of a mentor that sort of got you through? Like the beginning is kind of tough, right? Well, a couple college professors, it's almost like
1: Mm -hmm. somebody would take me under their wing and then shoot me out the door and then... Somebody else would fly Somebody else would find me and then shoot me out the next door. So there, I mean, there was a lot of people through, you know, the, the a <laughs> couple college professors, the the secretary, right? The yeah, the the school psychologist and the supervisor, and, right? You know, so right, um, yeah. So you were fortunate. You had right, but you know, my work ethic is very. Strong and right. and people see the dedication and right. and so they put they will put their name on it and they did and I got pushed up. That's good. Each yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, I kept being offered principalships, but I didn't. I didn't want that. That yeah. I didn't know. I did not want. I didn't.
0: That, that, that to me is like
1: meetings, more meetings. Whereas in AP, you, you're a little more hands on. You're you're just around
0: kids and parents.
1: Right. So. Right.
0: Yeah, I I was uh, along my journey. People would say, you know, you ought to go and be a principal. My mom was like, my nickname is Swan. She's like, Swanita, you ought to be a principal. Go in there and fix it. And I just said, Mom, I'm I'm sure I could be a principal, but I'm not so sure I can fix it. (laughs) So I'm happy, you know, where I want to be. So new teachers, people that say, hey, I think I want to go into education. What do you say? I
1: mean, I again, it, it's what's your personality. Now, because I didn't have, wasn't set anything. And right, just like you said, I had no right. pre anything preset. I just what you had to I be. I was just like a sponge. I learned what I can learn, yes. learn and yeah, went after it. And you know, don't get right. me wrong, there was there was some hard oh, yeah, there's time, always a, yeah, but just watching kids grow, and and mm-hmm. you know, I've gotten so many letters from kids. Um, thanking for not giving up and one yes. one kid at Rogers Middle School I'll, I'll never forget this he, oh my gosh he he just gave me the high blood pressure mm-hmm. and so when um, he left to go live with his sister in Alaska we like had a party just because it was like the stress was he was just so so horrible
0: oh gosh and
1: But you you never give up. No, keep plodding along. And you have to understand, Rutgers Middle School is like ninety nine percent Hispanic. Okay. And he would always say, "You hate me because I'm Hispanic," and I'm like, "No, no, that doesn't even." It's because the behavior. (laughs) Well, he he ended up coming back to San Antonio and went to Alamo Heights High School. Wow. And one of his issues was he couldn't read. Okay. And I kept telling him, you can learn to read. You he can learn to doing it. keep trying and keep doing this and all that. So yeah. it was just trying to change his, his mind tape mm-hmm. that kept saying, I can't, I can't. Right. So he gets moved to Alaska. Then he gets moved wow. back with another family member oh, he's to shuffled. Alamo yeah. Heights. And he takes three buses to come to Rogers Middle School from where he lived in Alamo Heights. Wow to thank us for not giving up and he said Aww. I can read I I have white friends because that was one of his issues that he just thought white people hated him Aww. I played on the basketball team and he was Ooh, just like a new person He was yeah he was like this nicest nicest kid so somewhere wow. something snapped Right and that's always why I always believe in not ever giving up on anybody because you, you just, just don't know don't when know. Right, if the recording's going to change. Right. Yeah, and so, um, yeah. so that was a
0: nice. Yeah. He, and Then he took his three buses back. <laughs> oh, what a character! I, I can remember um, when I was at Reagan, I was a, a department chair, and I remember that um, I had some teachers who were very frustrated with like a, a cheating scenario, you know, and. And they would come in, and of course, a couple of them had to go up to central office, you know, because the um, parents I remember because <laughs> the parents were were not happy with some of the decisions, and they were coming in there, and they were like, "What? I mean, you know, what do we do?" And I said, "You know, I said um, I firmly believe that you're going to go on and you're going to teach, and you know, cheating's never going to go away. It's just not. People panic, even adults cheat, but I said, you know." sometimes I I truly believe the child will at some point have to pay the price for cheating. But I said, you know, maybe it's not our lesson to teach today. So I said, don't give up, you know, keep going on. And I said, you know, there's always going to be, and I, I just took cheating out of my vocabulary, you know, mm-hmm. years later, I would just call parents and just say I was disappointed at their progress on the test. And would you allow them to retest? You know, I just, I just sort of took that out of the dialogue. Um, and people were like, aren't you letting them get away with it? I said, no, I don't think so because they are going to come back. They are going to do the work. It's going to be a little bit different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like I said, oh, whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. gave them the, the fake grades, so to speak. So anyway, yeah, I often feel like, like you don't give up you just, you know, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, You don't? No, you don't. And they surprise you. You know, they come back and you're like, wow, I didn't know that kid was going to make it. Okay, so, you know, we've just come through a a pandemic. So I was going to get your perspective on, uh, for me, because I I talked to so many different educators, administrators, large districts, small districts, in Texas, out of Texas, and I was so blown away at how Everybody was just, I, I guess because of panic mode, this had never been something we dealt with. But um, everybody was just doing it so differently. It was like I heard from teachers who were doing, okay, remote synchronous instruction, which I kind of got. Uh, then I heard, you know, remote asynchronous. And, you know, one poor district, they were having their teachers do full remote curriculum and full face-to-face curriculum and so I mean they were getting home at 11 o'clock at night and they were calling me in tears going I can't do this and I said no you can't (laughs) and I finally said I go look here's one thing and one of the messages in my book I said you you have the power you just don't realize it and I said you have to go in And talk with your administrator and just share. Don't be mad. Just say, here's where I am. I'm not happy about it. You know, I need help. And I said, they know, but sometimes they don't know because they're on a whole different path, you know, a whole different set of tasks. And I said, if you don't tell them where you are, they can't help you. So that was just kind of, you know, what I had. And, and sure enough, this particular teacher situation did get, you know, a little bit better. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know. What was your perspective? Well, I know it's hard. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm
1: substituting and helping out okay. in that way. And then I have a niece who lives in California. Uh-oh. So, um, and then, of course, friends. But yeah. um, so in California, it's all all, all online. And she's she coaches soccer, and she teaches English. And she is in a real tough school in San Diego. Wow. Um Real, real tough school. So when you don't have contact with those kids, no. you, you don't have contact. No. And so she's she's very frustrated because um, they haven't opened up the schools yet, or at least in her area. Okay. And those kids – now, okay, where Northeast has, they'll park a bus – they provide the laptops and then they park a bus if an area doesn't have Wi Fi. Right. So right. so those kids can have so it a where, yeah. where yeah, hotspot. And where my my niece is, they don't have any of that. So whoever shows up on on the screen That's who you that's have. that's it. And so then they uh, put a rule that you can't fail anybody. I heard that. So that's frustrating because right. you know, you 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 gotta get a hold of those kids. I mean mm-hmm. already when they came every day, they struggled. Never mind right. not coming every day. Right, they needed the support. And then. So she's pretty frustrated. They should be opening the schools there soon. well, here in Northeast, it's right. It's tough on the teachers, and you know, there's yeah. some like the orchestra teacher.
0: Yeah, um, that's
1: gotta be. You know, you 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 get the group on Zoom up top, and then you have the couple kids in the classroom, and you're you're teaching them. But mm-hmm. again, that's a hands on type of activity yes. um, a science lab and how do you do that so i mean right so the thing is is the best thing to do is all you can do is hang in there right and give the best you can to the kids to the kids and right and and just be yeah be knowing that that is all that you can do for this for the this situation. situation right um you know Again, until they make decisions of opening schools up. And um, I know Mm -hmm. some districts did. Mm -hmm. You did Zoom only or you did Mm -hmm. um, in-classroom only, which would make it easier. Sure. Um, I was talking to one teacher when I substituted last week. She Mm -hmm. said she took a picture of her Zoom kids because she knew that – not all the time will they they have their camera on. So she at least wanted to know what they look like. So right. she was making a personal contact for her, right, for herself. Right. Cool. In that way, to, yeah, you know, in the frustration and right. the being tired.
0: Right.
1: And I just said, just
0: that's all you can do at this time. Right. Until kids are back in class. Class. And I do think we'll get back to most kids being in class. You know, a few may choose to mm-hmm. stay remote. I always felt like. Um, because, you know, remote and face-to-face can be apples and oranges, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, your activities. Um, that And I really gave shout-outs to the districts who had teachers doing face-to-face and then others opted for the remote. And I thought that was an awesome situation. Um, if you don't have enough, you know, staff for that, then I thought maybe synchronous would have been less stressful Um because at least you've got everybody, you know, together for the most part. Um, But when you, the districts that allowed the asynchronous um, often, and this is mostly on the high school level, those kids, well, we don't know who was doing the work. And then uh, half of them were like, I'm going to go work, and then I'll come back, you know, and and do the work online. So, um, you know, and for me, I was always a Spanish teacher, and because – kids like to get help with like Google Translate. Um, I pretty much required everything in class. I kind of wanted to see, you know, stand and deliver because once that went home, I was never really sure right. where the knowledge came from. And, um, I know I, uh, I have a niece up in, uh, in the Lubbock area and she's now a counselor, but she was, um, well, I call it home ec, but I don't, it's consumer science, right. I think. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. She started out in that. And I know that um, she's in a district where the demographics, you know, the kids struggle quite a bit. And they, and I think in Texas, they said if your remote kids were failing, districts had the right to require them to come back, to come back yeah. in face to face, especially because we've got some testing, state testing coming up. And I think for the most part, the kids did come back. And then I have another uh, colleague that when her kids, the failing kids, were forced to come back, she said, um, it was kind of night and day, those, you know, those high grades certainly went away, so right. again, you know, what are we doing, and then I just heard from, I guess they did a round of uh, star testing and in some districts, they were doing it online,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and it crashed, right, statewide, it crashed, <laughs> statewide and i thought you know i'm not surprised at all yeah (laughs) so so anyway my wish for them is uh uh you know that we get back to what we consider normalcy and uh we had the administration yeah um
1: contacting those kids who were failing and trying to get them back into school but some Mm -hmm. some of them were like no, nah, I'm doing fine. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, you're you're failing. You're failing. <laughs> right, is they not didn't all come you, back. I man. know. Yeah. So that's so. There that role has changed okay. tremendously. Is trying to get kids back, back. into school, and mm-hmm. and some truly are fearful of the coronavirus sure. on a campus, sure. and some are they they don't they don't care. they don't know. Yeah. They they yeah. just I just yeah. I'm having fun.
0: I'm, having I, or fun. I'm working,
1: yep. or I'm doing yeah, something. So yeah,
0: I can just put on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> Life is good.
1: <laughs> but then that you know I, I did watch some of the Zoom classes, and, okay. and now when I substitute, they don't they don't you know yep. do that. I, the kids at home do. Their own thing. Their own thing. Right. So substituting has been rather easy because one class answer. had six kids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. wow. I'm like, you teach six kids? Oh, you're going to get spoiled. But then on the other hand, they're, yeah. they're doing the Zoom, which is not as easy. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's times have been tested with this, so. with this virus. So hopefully. Yeah. We'll get all the, the yeah. shots underway and, and get the kids back in class. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I uh, When it first started, I had some you know colleagues going, oh, my God, we can't do this. What's going on? I said, eh, read my book. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> right. right. So anyway, well, I want to thank you for sharing your perspective. It's kind of been fun. To catch up, yes, right? It was very fun. Nice
1: seeing you again. Oh, we, thank you. Get, I know we get lost in. Yeah.
0: We did. Life happens, uh-huh. you know. While you're you're making plans, yeah. So it was fun catching up and connected. And so I'm going to thank Jean for sharing her perspective today. And as I always say, dare to be a chihuahua bat.